and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stomped Book Club. Oh. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ross Radke. Hey! Hey, Ross. it's Ross Radke. Ross Radke, Ross. book club member. Book club member. How's it going, Ross? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on a, this special episode. You know, I thought um, since your comic dropped, and it's been so amazing, we talked about it a, a little bit on the podcast last week, and then you've got the digital version is now available for people to go out and get and so i thought it would be great to do a bonus episode and yeah. just uh celebrate your comic it is so amazing thank you no i i really appreciate you guys um all the support that you've given me i can honestly say that i don't think i would have hit my funding goal without the community that you guys have built with Aww, this book club no like uh, no, really like it's been a um definitely help help, help me like wow that's get back engaged in the community you know because I've, I've kind of been working like hardcore retail grind for the last right. almost 10 years and uh what you guys did it kind of like brought something into my life that was definitely missing oh that's, amazing. that's well, great to hear yeah that is that is great Aww. to hear because we um started doing this just to be friends and have a book club and now it's it's like hey you know this is also a good book and if people you know go check out that book because of that that's fucking that's so cool that we can support the creators that we like in that way that's that's really awesome yeah and shout out to the community of book club members too because i think like that's another great thing yeah, it's is beautiful not only um do we have such a supportive community but we've gotten to know each other now you know even though <laughs> nobody's ever met each other and that's friendship and i feel like uh it's it's only right that we support each other. I thought it was so cool that you were putting together your own comic book, and I'm just that like, is cool. yes, you know, let's do whatever we can to yeah. make Ross's dreams come true. You know, your dream is our dream too. We we all want to be involved with someone who is creating their own comic, and so it's a cool yeah. fucking book too. It's really like awesome. it's a you know what I mean? It's a cool fucking book. Like we you know you if you've been reading BPRD and you like you oh, know yeah. badasses beating up on monsters, that's pretty. You know, read this book. What more could you? asked yeah. for so ross um tell us a little bit about the process of doing the kickstarter and all that i mean wh what was that like for you because it seems like you've pulled it off pretty seamlessly but this is your first time kind of venturing out into a big project like this is that right yeah so it is my first kickstarter and it's my first self-published comic it's something that is sort of a long time coming with again my retail hours that i used to work um, right I wasn't able to knock out pages quick enough to really build a strong enough, you know, portfolio or whatever. Oh, who, whom's amongst us? Um, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. Stomp is kind of two things. One is this anthology that I'm doing right now, and one is an ongoing series that I would like to do as a follow-up. And the idea for the anthology came about because I was like, well, if I don't have to draw this thing myself, yeah. maybe I can write short stories and trick people into drawing it for me. <laughs> um, and and so far that's worked out yeah, good way better than I expected. I've been really lucky with some of the collaborators who are people who worked on this first issue with me and then people are working on the second and third issue already. Wow. Yeah, it's a good little collection. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear you talk about the second and third issue. I can't wait to support that one too. And yeah, let's talk a little bit about your collaborators here. We have Andre Diaz. He did the art for Hybrid Theory, which is one of the stories in your book, you also have Hassan Atsmani El Hau, probably butchering that name. He does the lettering for the stories. And then we have our good old buddy Matt Strackbine, Matt Strackbine. is also contributing. So remember. how did you pull these contributors together to work yeah. with you on this? First person I had on board, I think, was Andre. Um, I, I've never met him. He lives in Spain. When I got the idea to do it as an anthology and work with other artists, I just can't send out a few messages to just people I follow on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, across social media. And he was the first person who got back to me like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to do this. I guess it was just good timing for him. Uh, and he was looking for a project like this one to kind of build up his own portfolio. Um, that's awesome. That's yeah, that is good like timing. Yeah, around. that's fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, if you like each other's so work I, yeah, and you want to work together, that's, I mean, that's, that is good timing. That's yeah. fantastic. I couldn't have like, you know, imagined a better like first collaborator from from like the perspective of being a writer, because this is the first time I've ever written for another artist. And he was knocking out pages like at a really good pace. And um, a lot of like the designs and stuff, it was just like he was drawing things straight out of my imagination. Wow. Um, it's just a brand new experience for me. And it 
I feel very fortunate that it went so well. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're going to have someone wow. on your monster book, this guy is he definitely fits the bill. I mean, his his monsters are that's that's some great a monster drawing right there. Yeah, in this uh, in this story hybrid theory, you know, I was checking out. We have the Kickstarter edition, so we were super excited to get ours in the mail. And thank you for drawing like a little monster sketch on oh, the yeah, inside the cover. Oh yeah, the sketch is so great. Like I love stuff like that. Like I will buy a book yeah. if you tell me that the artist is going to put a little sketch on the inside. And so just to get that as a nice little bonus, like, yeah, we can't I was, get enough of that. I was super psyched about that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, John texted me. He's like, oh, my God, I got mine in the mail. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I got to go check my mail now. And my mailbox is not, like, not in front of my house. I got to walk, like, a block or two. And so I was just like, I did that. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I got it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the whole way back. And I opened it up. And I was just like, holy shit. I mean, I, I'd already seen the digital. And I got this. And, I, and the sketch in the front was amazing. So thank you, Ross. Just, like, seeing the, the whole comic was just, like, it was like so beautiful and just, I was like showing it off to my girlfriend and she's like oh my god that's great and uh, can you just leave me alone while I watch my TV no, <laughs> I, uh, no, no I'm kidding I'm kidding but she did she did like it yeah and um, so in in this Kickstarter version it's got the sketchbook section in the back which I love stuff like that oh, yeah. you've got some bonus pages back there and so it looks like you designed those there's some monkey monsters that are featured in that story and you designed those first and then he kind of ran with it right i i wouldn't call what i did designing him i sent him um i did i did his layout so i did thumbnail sketches for him and so like i had these tiny little nonsense doodles that are kind of like <laughs> vaguely vaguely ape shape and and then he just like sent me these designs back um and I, I, I you know i tweaked them a little bit but not much um the big mantis kaiju yeah was actually, yeah from from what I remember, that was like the even the first piece of art he sent me after I sent him the script. Such a dope ass fucking like, design. It's so good. It's, it's, yeah, it was just like a finished illustration, <laughs> the color and everything, and I was just like, perfect. Like, yes, this is, yes. This is gonna work. <laughs> well, it says here, um, on Andre's creature design and storytelling sensibilities are similar enough to my own that there wasn't much back and forth. So you felt like you had a good rapport just right off the bat and like your communication was pretty easy between the two of you yeah i've, I've done um a few little things for anthology here and there and some other collaborations that didn't go anywhere and i've had some kind of like weird experiences in the past um right so like i i'm glad that i had those to compare this to yeah because of how well this went and i realized like i got really lucky that's with good that yeah board. like john said he likes all of these sketches and i love all the sketches too but i especially like all the commentary like um yeah. you know i i love watching the commentary in a movie it's one of the first things i do when i get like a dvd or something or yeah. whatever and so uh i love you know all the little inside things that you put in here this is the first time i would ever written for another artist i couldn't have asked for a better collaborator i like knowing things like that you know i like knowing things like oh i didn't really give descriptions for these characters in the original script i just said this is the scientist this is the assistant and so, you know, the idea that you would trust him to give some life to these characters on his own is like, I, 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 want, I do want to know, like, oh, how much freedom ha did the artist have in this yeah. and that? And what did the writer say specifically about this scene? And, you know, so it's, it is really interesting to me to, so I'm glad you included all that. And I know it probably took a little extra work. So, so thanks for doing that. That's always really cool to get those little extras. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely like a process junkie. I love the sketchbook pages. Yes. Um, yeah. In the back of all the, Hellboy and DPRD books, and it seems like like that's becoming more common too. Is is those type of things being available? Because you know, I'm I'm like self taught. I never went to art school. I actually have a degree in film. Wow. And <laughs> that shows wow. though. That shows though. I will I will like watch all the special features and commentaries nice. on the DVD. You I'm know? the same. Yeah, that's great. Nice. But so I like, didn't go to I, film school. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. I didn't do anything with it other than. A lot of the storytelling stuff. Yeah, no, I disagree. I think you did yeah. a lot with it. It's yeah. evident here that you, <laughs> you know, are, it's, I even said, well, we'll talk about that later, but I, I even sent you a message like, you're like a cinematographer, but with comic books. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. So anyway, no, it does show. It shows. Yeah. And, it, and especially you mentioned that you did the, the thumbnails too. Yeah. I think that that's a, yeah. that's probably a huge part of it there. Absolutely. I think 2015 was the first year I went to a comic convention, uh, Emerald City Comic Con. And first time I like showed my work to, you know, professionals. 
And one of the common bits of feedback I got from a lot of the writers and editors and things is they're like, well, your art is like, it'll get there, you know, keep, keep working on it. But they're like, your storytelling is stronger than like, you know, there's guys who can draw an amazing pinup of Batman or Spider-Man or whatever, but you can't follow panel to panel. So I had a, a few of like my kind of some of the writers and stuff that I really admire. They they say like, hey, you, you might be a writer, you know, you might want to try writing for someone else. And I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. With no, no intention to give up drawing, but also like the idea like, hey, maybe I could try that out someday. Hey, why don't I write and then draw a book? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> hmm. Might be onto something there, buddy. It's so funny that you bring that up because I was going to say like. Uh, looking at the art in this book, yeah, some people can draw cool monsters. Like, I could probably draw a cool monster, but can I draw it doing stuff? And that's something that's right. really important when you're telling a story is having storytelling abilities. And that's something that's so clear. You know, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I was thinking about it when I read this book is, hey, monsters standing still look cool. Can you draw a monster in motion? Can you right. draw a monster climbing a building? Is the monster reaching for something? Is he looking at something? Is he turning? Is he pivoting? Is he running? Is he climbing out of something? You know, and to be able to follow that from page to page, like you said, is that's a whole set of skills that you need. And um, that's all here in this book. And when I, you know, when I see just a page of a bunch of pinups, I'm like, this isn't a story. I can't follow this. And so, right. yeah. so it's, it's just like, so I'm, I'm really intrigued. Um, about like you said that you were going to get some formal feedback at this con like that's pretty cool that they were that they were willing to just kind of give you feedback uh, like that that's that's pretty neat yeah having having done the comic cons now for like a few years uh, you kind of start to find out like some some people really enjoy giving feedback yeah. and some people are like they're nice but they're just like oh you know that that looks good you know and then I don't really have time to give you a critique on your portfolio right now but uh, thanks <laughs> appreciate it yeah. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's cool that people were willing to to give you their time and, and attention and really do that, though. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been a, like a handful of people who um, not only like at the conventions, but but occasionally I can send them emails and they'll send me some specific notes. And so I've had a few people that who've been cool. willing to do that. And that that really uh, means a lot to me because, again, like I said, not having gone to art school right. and, and, and not having like a local like community or, or like other artists that i know on like a face-to-face basis that i'm just like i'm hungry for any sort of like sure idea or shortcut or whatever that i can glean from someone well i'm sure as you found there's no there's no shortcut now right like you know you're like <laughs> oh wait it's just years of hard work and lots and lots of practice until i get good at some skills and then realize oh wait this is gonna be for the rest of my life <laughs> Yeah, when I, and when I want to say shortcuts, like I, I think of like no, yeah, like, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Tools, like like having absolutely, tools yeah, in your uh, toolbox. Tools in your toolbox, very important, absolutely, yeah. and and also you know just those connections, making those connections can be important for your growth and your learning journey and all of that. So that's that's amazing that you're putting yourself out there and, and doing all that. You know, I was uh, talking to Matt a little bit the other day. You know, Matt and I talk every once in a while. And, um, all the time, he, and, yeah. And he was gushing about you, Ross. And one of the things that I don't really think about as much, but Matt was kind of praising you for behind the scenes as he was saying it, it was so smart for Ross to get a letterer because yes. that's not a skill that you know he felt that he had and the the other artist didn't really have and so reached out and got your own letter and Matt was like that is so smart for someone to just go you know what I'm just going to pass this off to somebody who kind of has this skill and who knows how to do it so what can you tell us about your collaboration with Haas Yeah truly unsung heroes letterers yeah. so yeah I'm I'm curious yeah. as well Like I've been a, a fan of his for a while he he has a um, YouTube channel called Strip Panel Naked oh. and he also edits Love that channel. Okay. Yeah, it's like kind of like deep dive on like just how comics work, basically. Then he has a comics journal called Panel by Panel that he edits, and then he's also a professional letterer. I had done a short that appeared in his his magazine, um, Panel by Panel, and I had also done another short with another writer that he lettered. So we kind of had some points of contact in the past. And so I asked him if he wanted to do this. Like as far as like knowing I needed a letterer, 
I will tell you almost universally going to conventions and showing portfolio. If you try to letter yourself <laughs> or hand letter, or, or even if you're just like dropping in like some font or whatever and doing the word balloon, oh, they can tell like it's a font. Yeah. If it's not good, then it doesn't matter how good everything else is. That's all you that's pay the attention first thing to. They're going to say that the first comment you're going to get is you need to hire a letterer. Yes. <laughs> you know? That's great. But once you've um, gotten to that I, point, I think that that's kind of a, a good sign. Like, oh, now you need a letterer because it seems like you're serious about this shit. Yeah. So that's a step you should take. So that's yeah. kind of encouraging in a way, right? Like that's. Haas is like one of the first people with his with his magazine and videos who I, I really started paying attention to, like the, the craft and artistry of lettering. Yeah. And so there's even like just little gags and things or ways that the um, sound effects and stuff are in there that. Yeah. I kind of wouldn't have even thought of if it wasn't for uh, the way that like he he's discussed them in his stuff. I find shit um, like that fascinating. So I'm going to check this out as soon yeah. as we're done recording this. Can you say it one more time? Just shout it out. Oh. So his YouTube channel is Strip Panel Naked. And then his um, magazine is a, actually Eisner Award winning magazine, oh. um, Panel by Panel. Awesome. It's a, cool. it's a comics journal that goes into really, really in-depth articles about you know, every single topic you can imagine when, in the comics industry. It's like craft-based, too. It's not like people selling their books or previews or stuff. It's like talking to creators about, you know, why they create and how they create. Hell, yeah. Touching back on what you were saying about uh, lettering and how, like, if you don't have a good letterer, I was watching uh, this interview uh, with Robert Kirkman recently, and the interview was apparently he he's known Ron Kirkman for a while, and he was was like, you know, I remember back in the day, like we'd get these comics, these and comics, and like they're looking at the art, and they're all like, oh my god, it's a beautiful art. But Robert Kirkman was saying like, I can't get past the lettering. This sure. is terrible lettering. Sure. And it's just like you know, so the lettering is definitely uh, an important part to the comic, which a lot of people don't really think about. It's, it's like you were saying, it's just like you need. Gotta have a good letterer. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like, imagine, you know, what's a famous speech? Like, imagine if the person delivering the speech is like, we choose to go to the moon, right. <laughs> not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Like, that's, that's kind you, of what you, you have yeah. to have, it has to match up. You can't have, you know what I'm saying? It can't be like, it has to have some sort of weight to it. I think that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. But it is, like you said, Aubrey, it's not something that I think most people would even think. Of. And that's, that makes sense in a way. Like, if you're thinking about the lettering something is wrong, <laughs> you know, other than, <laughs> hey, that's good lettering because I work in comics and right. I recognize that it's good. You shouldn't even notice you it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you're just reading comics and you, you know, don't really have much to do with the industry or anything like that, you, you know, it's just kind of going to be a comfortable read for you, basically. So it, that's interesting. For me too, it, it kind of helps create a level of separation from, from me and the work because like the lettering can, like you said, at its best, it goes unnoticed, but it also like smooths over things. It's clean maybe... as hell. It looks great. I mean, yeah. it obviously takes a lot of skill for sure. Getting back the lettered pages is like, oh, now it's a real comic. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, before it's just something I was tr struggling with for hours trying to draw, but now it comes back to me lettered, and it's like, oh, it's a it's a comic now. Yeah. Uh, just, when I was still in the process of drawing the like doing the line art i've learned a lot of things through trial and error so this my story that i drew um in a blind date i i didn't actually write a script for myself and i had a rough idea of my head of what the dialogue could be but i never actually sat down and like typed it up and looked at it and like looked at how much space it was going to take or whatever right so so the first like five pages i had sent it to a few like writer, a writer and artist who gave me a lot of really good feedback about the the flow because at that at that point I had dropped in just some like temporary lettering and sure. of course so I, all, all I got back was like all the all the stuff that looked off about this lettering I'm like oh she's a placeholder she's a placeholder but ignore um, the lettering was, for now <laughs> yeah it, I was like I was like don't worry I'm planning on hiring a professional to fix it but but it was good to have that feedback because I realized that like. Like I had to flop pages to to get the reading order to work correctly. Yeah. And so so if you actually like pay attention to like the window and the orientation of the characters from page to page, I kind of a little wonky with what direction <laughs> things are moving. Um, but hopefully, like you don't notice that. But um, I did end up running into problems with the artwork because I hadn't taken into consideration 
the the dialogue at an early enough stage. So hey, that's um, a but that's part of the whole learning process. I mean, that's yeah. it's. I think it's cool for people to hear you talk about that in a matter of fact way of like, yeah, well, I think that that could have been different, but you know what? Live and learn kind of a yeah. deal. And that's that's just that's how uh, you. I think there's a lot of people who are like, how do I become? dot 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 how do i become an artist how do i become whatever and it's like you just have to do it for a super long time you just have to do it and there are things you will not learn unless you are actually doing them once you've done it and you're like okay well i can do that better next time and i can do it better the next time and that's that's good though that process is important i actually didn't notice anything like that i um i thought the story flowed very well and i you know it was engaging and I, I didn't notice anything like that. I, I was just like, oh, my God, this is great. Every panel, I thought, you know, led to the next one and made the story flow very well. So I didn't, I didn't notice anything like that, Ross. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that either. I, I agree with Aubrey. I thought it, it flowed really well. On this, uh, on this story hybrid theory, you know, there's this one point, speaking of the lettering, you know, where shit goes down. You know, you're going to have to check out the comic to see for yourself, but... There's a there's a word bubble that is just substituted with images, and so I read it as like fucking shit or something like that. You know what I mean? But it's, it's yeah, yeah, right, like an emoji almost. It, was that your idea or was that Haas's uh, input there? He did it I, I, at my request. But growing up in like a really conservative religious family, one thing that was always cool about comics, like as a kid, is that they call them grolixes, but yeah. when they like even in Calvin and Hobbes, like Calvin will you know stub his toe or something and start cussing up a storm but they got the little it's like asterisks know, and yeah stuff, uh and little skulls and daggers and so yeah. i, I kind of i asked i was like i want i want that that kind of feel where it's like insert whatever vulgarity you wanted to yeah. there. <laughs> that's fantastic um, that's great there's a part when in in my story when the kaiju monster gets toppled over and crushes a building and i've got the sound effect covering up the you know yeah. Expletive. expletive, yes. yes that's I, great. That, that, I noticed that one as well. That was really good. And also there's this, I mean, I, we don't want to give away too much because we do want people to pick this book up, but there's this... Um, You're on the first story on uh, yeah, I'm still on, Hybrid Theory. Yeah, Hybrid Theory. There's this, there's this page where... Uh, Almost like it's like you're looking through something and the the words are kind of behind and they're obscured slightly and it's very it's kind of part of the scene almost. It's like scenery. Yeah. That's really creative. That's I mean nice. I wouldn't have thought of something like that. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll I'll say like if that was in the script, the lettering script that I sent Haas, I I would not have thought about it if not for having watched his videos and read his articles. Yeah, that's cool. So like I tried to put in some stuff like that that would be that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it really adds so much to the story. And this one, Hybrid Theory, it kind of ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. It yeah, kind of leaves it open-ended. Sure so it's kind of like, oh, let's see what's going to let's see what's going to happen in, on this one in the future. Do you plan on following up with these characters more? Yeah, so so kind of going back to what I said earlier about like like the two different things that I'm doing with Stomp. So so the idea with the anthology was actually the secondary idea. Uh, the original idea was Amber City Comic Con does an art book every year called um, it, Monsters and Dames, and all the different artists will like just contribute different pieces with that theme. So one year for my portfolio, uh, I drew a drawing of a monster, you know, big kaiju impaled on the space needle with you know a young woman with the tattoos and the pink hair, and, the, and it, it's in the uh, sketchbook in the comic. But I just kind of drew that as a joke for to kind of fit with the theme. Um, but like, I just kind of like got fixated on the image, and I'm like, well, like, you know, what's the story here? What's the story here? Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of, I kind of like, you know, wheels turned, and like years and years later, I kind of had more of an idea of who that character was and what her story was. So I kind of the character of Kim Corrigan, who's in in my story, is introduced. Right now, it's at the outline stage, but I have, you know, kind of a clear idea of a first story arc for her. That would be, you know, a a, a six issue miniseries. Oh, nice! Um, wow. Yes. Give me the content. That, that's so, yeah, I've, I've been I've been working on that kind of as I've been working now with the artists who are working on the rest of the anthology. So originally, the idea for the anthology was mainly just to have the experience of working with other artists. Um, so I was like, you know. Again, with my film school background, I, I know kind of the short story form and structure. 
you know, I, I wrote all these little short stories featuring monsters. And as I've been working with the artist, like I'm starting to make these connections that maybe weren't there at the beginning. Um, okay. In a best case scenario, you know, if I'm able to keep working on stomps for the next few years, there's going to be characters and plot points and things like that that are going to be introduced in the anthology that, that'll come back later. And so it's like kind of, at first it probably won't feel like it's very connected. Like these first two stories don't seem to have anything in common at all, other, other than the fact that they got monsters in them. Um, but I think as the next issue and the next issue come out, there'll be some little connective tissue that you'll start to see. I think we, I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I felt like there was some connection going on there. Yeah. I kind of just assumed it was happening in a different place at a different time, right, maybe even, right. but I, fi- I I assumed that they oh, were connected totally in agree. some way and that we would find out later kind of a thing. So It all definitely feels like it's all in the same world. Sure, yeah. You know? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Blind Date, the second story yes. in here. I really like this one, and you mentioned the character, her name is kim corgan so you know with 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 my brain i immediately start thinking okay what are the references here is it is it a kim gordon and billy corgan is it kate corrigan is it kate corrigan yeah what (laughs) was there was there any kind of influence there uh yeah so billy corrigan uh obviously where the last name came from and then the first name kim kimberly the pink ranger from power rangers oh okay (laughs) oh nice every boy who grew up in the 90s you know first crush right respect um also, uh, Kim Deal, uh, basis from the Pixies. Oh, okay. yeah, and the Breeders. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, we, yeah, we, we recently saw the Breeders um, in the before times in when the you before could still go to concerts. When you could but, go to, yeah, yeah, that was great. So, so yeah, I kind of wanted her to have a like. I grew up near Seattle in the '90s, so grunge had already died basically by the time <laughs> I was in high school. But it's definitely like my roots uh, as far as like my musical taste and things go. Oh yeah, me and too. When I moved from Washington to Montana and I'd be like flipping through their their radio stations in Montana and it's like country, 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 classic rock, <laughs> Christian, uh, Christian music. You know, I was just like, where's the like, you know, 90s alt rock? You know, like the stuff that I'd grown up with was like just didn't even exist as far as their radio was concerned. So I don't know. That's just kind of like something that I wanted to bring to the book and kind of give it a little bit of like flavor from from like where I came from. Also, like working with these different artists, you know, I mentioned Andres from Spain. Um, one of the artists on the next book is actually a friend of Andres, um, also from Spain. And then the other artist is from France. So cool. I'm asking them to kind of bring in some of their like local feel and like. Yeah, well, know, he said it in to. he said his book in in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's pretty um, cool. So yeah, I'm kind of like inviting a lot of that in because I, I definitely want it to feel like as much as possible, not like this all just came from me, right? It kind of put layers onto it so it doesn't just feel like one guy yeah. sitting at home coming up with ideas. <laughs> right. Well and yeah. it kind of broadens yeah. the scope of it in general. It kind of the more collaborative it is, the more you're like, Oh yeah, okay. So a lot of people are Right. buying into this i'm gonna buy into this immediately yeah you see the whole world yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you were mentioning on twitter um one of your favorite bits of of uh, feedback that you've gotten was your design on on kim corgan you, i gotta you're... say i i 100 big strong ladies need to look big and strong yeah and it's awesome when they look big and strong because it's <laughs> like that's how you drew her she's big and she's strong and it's it fucking makes sense and it's great and it's i'm not saying that like oh there can only be one body type and it's this one it's like no i i do want to see a vast array of body types much like i would see in my daily life and if you're gonna have a character who supposedly can lift an entire fucking monster by herself yeah why not make her look like she can't like a fucking bodybuilder you know and i'm just for the record i'm extremely thin you know and i you know so i'm not i'm not bashing people who are thin i'm just saying that's all i tend to see is someone who's very very thin who has absolutely no muscle mass whatsoever (laughs) who's got these big watermelon boobs and it's fine if you have big boobs it's totally cool but if they're full of helium something is wrong with your neck and it looks like your body has no organs in it and where are your organs and your spine is broken in several places and so you have decided not to do that i was immediately hooked as soon as i saw her like okay 
I I saw John was like, I was like, what is that? What are you reading? What, who is that? What is that character? And he goes, oh, this is Ross Radke's. And I was like, give that directly to me. I'm going to read it right now. And I ex- just consumed it immediately because I was just dying for this character. And I didn't even know it until you drew her. So thank you very much for, for this. I'm very excited to read more of her on the page. And uh, yeah, I mean... She's she's big and muscly and she, you know, her her stomach even looks like the stomach of someone who fucking weightlifts. Yeah. It's not flat. It's not going to be flat. It's going to have fucking muscles on it. And she's got tattoos everywhere. And she's got weird fucking hair. She's got the, you know, the weird hair that many of us have had on and off throughout our life. Like <laughs> it's 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 great. And so I'm very excited to find out more about her. So yeah, I I would uh I'd agree with that that feedback for sure. I I definitely appreciate that. Like for me, being a white guy in my 30s, right? I I wanted to make sure that I was approaching the design of the character with a level of intentionality, I guess. And sure. like I, I did put thought into her body type and like how she feels about her own body and yeah. and the evolution of the character. Um, I've mentioned it before. But the, she's a recovering drug addict. It, it doesn't really come across in this first issue, but it's something that'll be explored mm. in um, future stories. We're going to learn and more so about like, that later. Okay. Yeah. So where where she's at in her life at the point of this story is a lot different than where we're going to see her in the future. Sure. And and so like I, I I yeah I really wanted to think about that and how to best present that in a way that even if even if I don't spell it out in any sort of exposition or whatever you look at her and you like know okay there's a story here like this is not this is not superman or wonder woman we're seeing this is this is someone who's definitely got their own vibe yeah um she's got her weightlifting outfit on under her clothes just in case she has to fight a monster i want to sit down and have coffee with her (laughs) but i i feel like i don't know Maybe I'd do a little bit of a better job at sitting down and having coughing with her than this guy right here. Like, <laughs> she's so interesting. Why are you talking about your solo project? She's the interesting person at the table. Ask her questions about really herself. Humorous, For fuck's yeah. sake, I want to know about her. Anyway. The conceit of the blind date. That's um, good. The the original idea for this um for this story before it became stomped and before she became Kim Kim Corgan was actually Brian Hitch, the artist who did like Ultimates and things for yeah. Marvel. Uh, Very he familiar. Yeah, we're familiar yeah, with Brian yeah. Hitch. Go on. Yeah. How, how to draw, uh, you know, comics, the Brian Hitch way or something. Um, and he talks about like the strong portfolio piece. You have to show normal people in like a normal setting, like a cafe or something. And then you have yeah. to throw in a couple pages of just craziness, like <laughs> aliens, monsters, supervillains whatever to kind of show you can do both things so your range and, yeah yeah and so so i just kind of like wanted to come up with a portfolio piece that hit those beats and so originally it was just like the gag of like the peter parker clark kent setup where he's <laughs> yes. he's gonna go sneak off to go to the bathroom and but then the twist is like oh no wait, she's the one who's actually the superhero right <laughs> and she just disrobes in the middle of a coffee shop she's like oh shit i don't want to get slime on this let me uh yeah let me just wear my workout uh, clothes instead i like how she's like I- i'm finishing my donut the monster walked past this you know that's just like that was, that was awesome <laughs> She's gotten a lot of really cool tattoos. I love that you talk about this in the sketchbook section. You say, oh, I knew they'd be a pain to draw on every page. Was that something that you regretted later? Where you were like, oh, my God, I got to draw these tattoos every I, single time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, w- I will regret it every single time I have to draw the character in some sense. But I do feel like from that first drawing I did of her, it just seemed like it wasn't the character. Yeah. You know, I, I, I personally don't have any tattoos, but I have friends who are like covered head to toe with tattoos. Oh yeah. And I'm always, I'm always interested in like the, like what they mean to people and when, you know, the different parts of their lives when they got the different tattoos, cause they, there's always a story. That was like the hardest part of designing the character was, was those tattoos because like, okay, once it's on the printed page, yeah, that's, that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I finally like settled on like the theme of Alice in Wonderland, which so, you know, there's like there's lots of different ways you could read that. Um, but you don't see it in the comic, but in the sketchbook, I show her her back tattoo. Yeah. Is like like a, you know, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. 
yeah, it's like a cheesy like pinup version of Alice in Wonderland, you know, on on the mushroom with the caterpillar smoking the hookah, <laughs> and then it's pretty dope. I guess, I gotta say, I, it's pretty fucking cool. On the uh, on the left arm, you have the uh, Cheshire Cat and a um, the White Rabbit, um, and then on her forearm, you've got the Ziggy Zaggy lines from uh, the Black Lodge and Twin Peaks. Oh, I was gonna say, so yeah, good. is that so a Twin good. Peaks reference? So good. And then, and then the other arm is pretty close to a, the, a drawing of the Jabberwocky that's by the original illustrator of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, nice! Uh, I kind of, I kind of like added a little bit of like Jack Kirby, Mike Mignola to the to the design of the thing, but it's it's pretty close. If you, if I don't know if you ever, if you like Google um, John Tenniel's uh, Alice in Wonderland, the book's got a different name. I'm trying to remember what the, the book is like behind the Looking Glass or something right. like that. Right. Be prepared for people to ask you for the high res version of these drawings. Right. They're gonna want these files. <laughs> I thought about doing her legs too, but I just chickened out. I was like, that's just too much work. <laughs> Listen, you were brave enough to do these these sleeves, so we're gonna give it to you. There are plenty of awesome things to say about your work, um, but you know, for me, it all comes down to the fact that you're you care about telling a story, and that really shows. Like the facial expressions, you know, you give your characters, they're incredible. You know, and if you're reading the story and you, you catch yourself like making those faces, like, you know, the artist did a good job and, you know, you're not concerned with whether she looks cute when she's running to go fight a monster. You care about how she's feeling. She's allowed to have a savage facial expression. She's fighting a fucking monster. She's allowed to have the facial expressions that would match that. That doesn't sound like something that I would be impressed with, right? But like, you'd be fucking surprised at how many people you know they think that like oh she should always look beautiful and pretty no matter what and so then you get all these like stone-faced no expressions what is she supposed to be thinking and feeling i cannot follow the story art that i immediately just close and put it down because i'm like this is so fucking dumb like what the fuck is this and so she's a fucking person i am bought into that and i want to know more about her just because you're telling the story through her expressions and you don't care about like her body posture isn't inelegant She's doing something, and that's more important to you than her looking a certain way, which I think is really fucking awesome. And I shouldn't have to be impressed by that, but I'm, you know, yeah. I am. And so it's, it's, no, I, yeah. I, I gotta say, like, when, you know, send, sending this to you guys, like, I, I figured that John and Aubrey would be a pretty easy sell on this. <laughs> uh, but, but I figured if, if Danielle actually likes this or is interested enough to, like, want to learn more about the character, I was like, then I feel like I succeeded. This is because... a beefy tank girl. I'm all about That's this. That's great. Yeah. Like, she is, she is punching I, her I just, way out of like... a monster and she looks gross and she looks like sweat and she's. You know, like, she's actually a fucking hero. It's great. It's mm. good. And the fact that this is self-published, you know, I'm holding this in my hands right now. It's really good quality. The front and back cover, that's stiff. That's almost cardstock. That's shiny. You know, you open it up. There's no gigantic margins anywhere. That's a full page <laughs> art right there. Like, this is well formatted and this is well made. Like, this is a comic book, you know? I can't believe this is self-published. And I don't know what you had to go through to do that. But, I mean, this so, is impressive. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to the printer i used um comics wellspring which i, I think is a subdivision of a company called greco publishing that okay. they were recommended to me by uh there's an artist grim wilkins who did a book called Mirinda that was eventually published by image but he had originally self-published the first few issues i believe okay and so i'd asked around a few people and he recommended them and their their prices were definitely like on the more reasonable end and you know i trusted his judgment he said that books ended up looking great which they did so yeah i didn't want to mess around with like trying to run to kinko's and print them off myself or none yeah. of that that was the whole <laughs> no, yeah. that was the whole point yeah. of the kickstarter campaign was to be able to do it do it right yeah i think you did i wanted to talk a little bit about this the design of the monster that's featured in blind day oh, that's yeah. a, there's a really cool design on that super too. good that's a little sketch we got that's the guy yeah that's the guy in the yeah. front if you follow me on instagram or twitter and you see some like the monster drawings that i've been posting for uh, some of the kickstarter backers that was one of the rewards is like a little black and white drawing and some of the monsters that you're like really out there like really bugish weird insect yeah looking. but for, for this one i wanted to kind of like rein that in a bit and go with a more classic kind of godzilla style monster yeah, um, it's super good. 
I like that catfish. Yeah, weird. catfish yeah. whale. Yeah. Elephant lizard <laughs> guy is good. Yeah, I'm like I mean I I love animals, so it's like it's always fun to like discover new weird animals that you never knew existed <laughs> yeah. uh, and bring those in, influences in. I want to say I, I really like this whole bit with the dog. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first off, first off, the dog design is great. It's great to see a dog that isn't looking like your typical golden retriever or something like that. Not that anything wrong with golden retrievers, a beautiful dog. But it, you know, it's nice to see the one with a little, you know, that little side beard kind of thing. Uh, but I also like like how she's like moves stupid dogs. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I feel that. But then like when the monster goes you know, to step on the dog and she stops it with her body and the foot, the way that the, the monster's foot kind of envelops around her, it's buckles, like you can yeah. sense the weight There's of weight the creature, there. you know, it's just not, it's not like, you know, just like a flat thing, you know, she's like, no, it's like a, a big fleshy, bony monster yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so I, I really like that whole thing. And then the dog is super cute. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> I have, I have three of them myself. That dog is based on uh, our dog, Rudy, who is actually standing right next to me, and I'm petting him right now. Oh, so, hi, Rudy. <laughs> Hello, Rudy. We love dogs on the podcast. We always talked about Matt's dog, too. Yeah. Yorkie Schnauzer mix. Aww. My dog, Jake, was here snuzzling on me, but uh, Kathy's cooking food, so he ran off to see what's going on Well, we're going to need <laughs> you to send us a picture of this dog. Right. So, just, I hate to break it to you, and we're going to need that. And then, of course, in this story, there's a moment where shit goes down, right? And then we get this page, this uh, this panel. Who's that? This, this was part that? of the Kickstarter rewards. It, it, it just really hit me over the head. I was just like, wow, you know. That is John. When, Immediately, that's John. When we were talking a little early on, you had asked me if it was okay if you drew me like without the glasses because you didn't want me to look too much like the guy, but then you put me in there with the glasses and wow, I was just really, I was really touched um, by, I'm really there. Like that is you. That is like a photograph of you, but it's a drawing. It's wild. That is absolutely the the definitive drawing of you for sure. Also, thank you on mine because like I was, you asked me to send a picture and I was just like, like I'm acting like a surprise. I'm like, Okay, I'm standing in my living room. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> no, it's great. You're definitely that's definitely you did, a what did, the fuck you did, face. You did really, you, you did really good on the picture from the picture I sent you. I love the only beast shirt. Yeah, shout out. That's, <laughs> that's a nice great. touch. Thank you so much that for doing that. Fantastic. And Danielle's in there too, and you did a great rendition of us. Are all the people in this panel Kickstarter backers? Yes, yes. That was one of the reward tiers. Um, someone had suggested doing that. And I was, and I, cool. I'm like, oh, there's a there's yeah. a panel where this would actually work. Yeah. Um, in theory, in theory, whether or not I can actually pull it off, like, <laughs> who knows? Uh, also, like, how how much should I like make this reward tier worth? To, you know, like I, right. so I, I don't know. Like, I feel like people who backed it at that level, I wanted to like do everything I could to make it worth it. But it's tricky with like my style is borderline between kind of cartoony and photo reel you have a fantastic style this is great you get you get into that weird like gray area where you don't want to make people look too goofy but also like if i just like trace the drawings it would not fit in right no yeah so i'm I'm glad that people who i drew all seem to like appreciate it (laughs) i haven't gotten any complaints about it yet so and i've I've seen a few people's avatars on their profiles change to them so that makes oh, me feel I gotta do great. that. Yeah. I gotta do that. I turned yeah. the page and I was like, "Holy oh, shit, totally John! Oh my god, what the fuck?" I I sent a uh, like a screen cap of it to my sister and was nice. like, "Oh my god, look, I'm in a comic." She goes, oh, "That looks like you." <laughs> it, it was funny though, like you said, John, because like when I was getting people's photo references coming in, and then like like the first three are like kind of guys our same age with glasses and facial hair, and I was like, "Oh." Like, well, this is set near Seattle, so, I mean, there's a lot of white guys with beards and glasses. It'll work. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that's the thing. is like John's glasses are not a stylistic choice. Like, he needs those to see. So that's that definitely makes – that's part of his face as far as I'm concerned. So that's awesome that you – that you were true to everybody's, did, even though I they all had glasses. It. Like, it's – yeah. Well, they're all very distinct faces. Like, yeah. your style is – you have a great style. I think I it mean, works really well, yeah. I know that you're, you know, you're you're a humble person. 
you're a kind-hearted person, but you're a fucking great artist. Like this is, you know, if I know that you feel like you can't say it, I can say it. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. It's good. So, um, yeah, that was that was a cool little surprise there. One more thing about the dog. I like how like the dog licks her leg afterward. Oh no. Um, my my dog my dog Dunky he licks me constantly. How much you know, of your day? You how much of your time is spent telling them not to eat the thing that they're trying to eat? <laughs> how many times do you have to say don't eat that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> too often yeah so and, that's that that is a good inclusion i, I agree and this one also kind of leaves us wanting more right at the end it kind of wraps up in a way where oh you know some more stuff is going to go down so yeah i like knowing that you have a outline for this character and that we'll get to see more of her in the future and at the end of this one we get that pinup i guess this is the one that you were talking about where the monsters impaled on the space needle that is such a cool image i really enjoyed that well we've got the we've got the space needle here at the very last panel with the monster yeah. looming in front of it and the caption this is not going to end well and then the pinup immediately yeah afterwards so. i think that goes really well yeah i think things might not work out as well as they look like in that sure that yeah original oh okay <laughs> but no so this is like kind of a weird thing but um one of the editors I was talking to as I've been kind of workshopping this project pointed out that a lot of times buildings like the Space Needle are apparently trademarked images. Oh, shit. So I may not be able to do that. Oh, uh, we'll, shit. I've actually emailed them a couple of times, like oh, the no. Space Needle customer service, to see if that would be an issue, and I haven't gotten a response Yeah, they yet. don't know. But, it's this going to be like a shell company or like a holding company that's going to be able to tell right i have no idea i mean like that's you know the gift shop in the space so needle like, is not going to be able to respond to that email i'm like what that, what, what what little detail or something can i change and just call it like the cosmic needle or something oh, right there yeah go. there yeah. you go i think get that's totally yeah you can totally get away with that shit that is actually uh so interesting to hear because you know like you don't think about it because like no. the space needle is part of seattle's skyline it's like the same thing with the hollywood sign in LA it's like that's copyrighted you have to ask permission to use it that's apparently wild. wow yeah, that's... I didn't know that at all yeah for the happy birthday song the first time I tried emailing them I asked them questions like how long would it take to evacuate the space needle oh, during no. prime uh <laughs> season and so I'm like I mean I contextualize I'm like it's for comics but it's still kind of a funny they, they forwarded that straight to the FBI <laughs> you are on a watch list and on this last story here, you collaborate with Matt Strackbine. Matt Strackbine. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. So I actually met Matt last year at um, Rose City Comic Con in Portland. Yeah, we, we hung out. We hung out with uh, um, uh, Nathaniel Green, too, uh, book club member. Yeah. Um, <laughs> book club members. Uh, you, guys, you guys talked about that a little bit with Matt. And uh, so I, I kind of showed him where I was at with this project and – I, you know, I'd seen his work and I, I really wanted to, with, with the two stories that I had in the comic in the first issue being sort of similar style and tone, you know, superhero, monster, sci-fi kind of, I wanted something that would feel very different to kind of show like, hey, it's there, there's room for other styles and other voices. Um, and so, yeah, so I wanted, I, I wanted to get something like that. And so he, uh, he agreed to, to do it when I pitched him the idea. And I, I basically just said, um, there's, there's an old like sixties cold war era PSA called duck and cover. Yeah. Uh, like, and they, they, they joke, they make a, in the iron giant the movie, the iron giant, they show the video and that's almost, that exactly, that's almost exactly what the actual PSA was like. Nice. Um, and so it's just, it's like one of those really like, absolutely hilarious even though it shouldn't be like they're teaching kids that if you hide under your desk you're going to survive a nuclear bomb like no that's that's not how it's going to work um but this is actually something that they would show in classrooms so i kind of the whole idea behind the the world of stomp is like if there actually were giant creatures like godzilla or whatever roaming around the planet like how would we react yes right. like, yeah you, you have to have like a way of teaching kids what to do you know what happens if there's a monster stomping through the neighborhood you know and what um how would like pop culture reflect that sure yeah um, absolutely that is super interesting the each each of the issues i have planned has two main stories that are that are you know kind of like these first two 
self-contained, um, to kind of give you a little bit more glimpses of like the history of this world of like failed attempts to try to stop these monsters. And, and then, and then there's going to be all these little, um, backup stories that are kind of more, more humorous or kind of just like showing more, um, some of them are kind of more slice of life. Yeah. Um, that is so great. That is, that's such a good idea. Like the, uh, so I'll, I'll kind of give you a little bit of a, of a tease of, of the next one is Ooh. about a, um, pizza delivery company that is delivering to people who are living in their bunkers because of the kaiju in close proximity to their city. That's very late stage capitalism. That is beautiful. And, well, that's, awesome. that's chef's kiss. So like, just like, um, Matt, like I, I pitched him the idea of doing the, uh, duck and cover parody yeah. and he just ran with it. That's great. And so, so th- this one too, like Matthew Sargent is the name of the person who's doing that backup story and he wrote the script and and did all the art himself and basically um the way the backup stories are working they're they're more doing their own thing and i'm just kind of like tweaking it a little bit just to fit within the continuity of the world so yeah uh, like i can't i can't take credit for that idea that was his idea that is so cool it's like perfect for this yeah this idea you know the world i also like how matt added himself as like one of the kids watching the video oh you're right is that matt in there my cousin tried to uh, run and hide and got eaten anyways. I mean, that's definitely Matt. <laughs> oh, that is. You're right. That does look like him. I thought this guy kind of running through the street kind of looks like Matt a little bit, too. I like the juxtaposition of um, if a surprise attack happens at home, hide under the bed. And this kid is like going to die. <laughs> and the, if a surprise attack happens at school, teachers are trained to instruct the students. This girl is going to die. Like right. it's yeah. It's very grim, but it's also like... That grim kind of humor that only when you're in situations like this can you really be like, okay, well, yeah. we're fucked. Like, well, no, it's, 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 it's kind of like you said, good. Ross. It's it's funny even though it's not really supposed to be right, funny. Yeah. It kind of walks that line. And I think it's just really enjoyable. And, it's um, like a parody kind of and, thing. And, and, and I went back and, uh, you know, you were talking about the threads that tie the stories together. I went back and read through the comic today in preparation to record this episode and when the monster shows up in blind date, the guy hides and he goes, you're supposed to hide. He tells her. <laughs> and I'm like, he learned, he learned that cartoon. in school, right? So <laughs> I thought that was really smart. You're supposed to hide under the desk. I'm glad that you caught that. Cause like, I wonder like some of the stuff is just like too subtle. No, it's great. Um, in, in the sketchbook pages, there's a couple panels from um, hybrid theory that again, learning through making mistakes. I just tried to cram too much on one page. And when we went to add the the dialogue, it just didn't fit. We had to like cut out an entire tier of panels um, and a bunch of exposition about how they made the hybrids. But in those good those panels that got cut is a little uh, hybrid kaiju mouse that appears, you know, in in my story. So there's there are some things oh, like that that we are kind of okay. trying to put together that way too. So I love that. Oh, you're right. That's exactly yeah. It does feature there too. Okay, I didn't even catch that one until now. And, yeah, and that that was something that um, um, Andre he he drew that, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm gonna find a way to put that in mine. Yeah. But then then I cut his, and mine <laughs> ends up. <laughs> Seeing the one that's in there, but so I was like, I want to give him the credit for the little mouse because his his design was pretty cool. That's a Let nice the record touch. show that he came up with this. Yeah, thing, you know? what a great team that you've assembled yeah. on this book. And just like Danielle said, I mean, this is a quality product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's got the nice cover. It's got a lot of pages to it. The colors are really are really well done. The it's got the, the nice paper. I'm just like Aubrey. I'm like, man, I'm in a comic. I'm in like a real comic <laughs> book. This is a real thing. So what was that like for you when you got the actual issue? Oh, yeah, when you held it in you your hand. you held hands. it in your hand and you're like, oh, my God, here it is. You have an idea when you're planning the Kickstarter. And then a lot of times, you know, I don't know, like we've made some records with our band. And it's like, you know, did it translate into everything that you were hoping for? Yeah, deep down, I tend to be very much an optimist about things. So when things work out, it's just kind of like, you know, you just breathe a sigh of relief. But yeah, like, it's kind of surreal having the finished product. But honestly, like when I got the boxes in the mail, like my first thought is like, ooh, now I get to start packaging these all up and spending a 
Good, good, oh, chunk no. my, good, good chunk of my next day off just putting them in envelopes and, and doodling all the sketches but there were you it's know never ending work yeah a reason a reasonable amount that i could get done um i'm gonna have to try to come up with a better system though for the for the future if, if we keep growing the um the audience on this for sure i screen printed the front and back of 300 album covers yeah for the last album we put out and this next one that we're that we were in the middle of recording before the whole thing. But anyway, the guys were like, oh, you're going to screen print this one too? I was like, fuck no, I'm not doing that again. Are you kidding me? There's no fucking way. Uh, we appreciate all your hard work is what I'm trying to say yeah. with that little anecdote. It's a great product. <laughs> one thing about like doing the Kickstarter too um, is like I did a lot of research about how to run a successful campaign. And it was like my goal if you look at other comic book campaigns out there, I feel like my goal was pretty humble. Like I, I was kind of basically printing to demand. And um, one of the things is like all of the rewards were stuff that was going to take more time from me, but not create extra expenses for like printing okay. or making something. Right, Cause, like, okay. Cause I've seen a lot of Kickstarters where they'll like have like t-shirts and stickers and, and that's whole and different. Like yeah. That. Yeah, you've got to like, contact that, the printers, and you've got to, yeah, you know, that just like adds a whole nother level of and and uh, like shipping all that stuff out. I I tried to come up with ways that I could, you know, do do the original art in a size that could fit in the same envelope yeah. as the comic, or you know, things sure. like that. Try to try to simplify it. Um, so yeah, a lot of extra effort on the back end. Um, yeah, but well, rather but than focus was, on merch, you're focusing on yeah, the quality of this product and like the feeling people are going to get when they have it, and that's 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 pretty fucking cool. Like that's you're you're focusing on a really special experience, and that's there's something to be said for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Let everybody know if you don't have a copy of Stomped, how can they get one? How can they enjoy this book that we're talking about? So it's available right now digitally through Gumroad. You can you can download the app on mobile devices or read it online. Um, so it's right now I've got the first issue of Stomps. It's the same version as the print version for three dollars. And that's also a seal right there. Yeah. There's another yeah. um, uh, sixty pages of additional like scripts and layouts and the line art and interview with the creators. And it's also got a little teaser for the next issue. So that, oh, wow. that's there as well. I mean, you have to really like the behind the scenes type of stuff. Um, but it's like I said, it's the type of stuff that I'm interested in. And so, you know, for an extra couple dollars, having something like that, like that's something that I would back if I was backing yeah. a project. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That is so great for you to offer that. I have a few extra print copies that I'm going to have on my website, www.rossradke.com. Um, I'm going to make them available on August 1st. Uh, that way, all the Kickstarter backers will have a chance to like have gotten their copies right. and look to them. On August 1st, if I were to buy a comic book from RossRadke.com, could I get it signed? Is that a thing that can happen? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have okay. a, I'll have the option to... I'm trying to like just keep keep it the same as what the Kickstarter backers nice. were instead of like raising it or lowering it. I want everyone to feel like kind of on the same page the kickstarter peeps are going to get all theirs first as yeah. their reward yeah. for backing you in this project and then you know later on down the line the other book club members who weren't able to maybe do that might be able to uh snag a copy of that so that's pretty good so yeah i, I really wanted it to make it like again i i had no idea how well this was going to do i had a rough estimate based on um i i'd heard that like you can count on 10% of your follower count to support a certain amount of dollars hmm. to something per month. There's some statistic out there like that. So I kind of use that to ballpark um, and to, to budget. The funding goal that I made covered lettering, printing, and shipping. It did not cover the page rate for the other artists or myself, but we made like almost 50% over our goal so that I was able to uh, pay Matt and Andre the page rate that um what a I solid had. guy what a stand-up guy. Nice. guy this is my kind and, of guy um, it and I will say like to their credit like I, I wasn't able to like guarantee if and when they would get paid I really wanted to make that a priority 
Um, and it's something that, again, with, with future collaborators, they're in the same boat where they're like, I'm like, well, I can tell you how much they got for the first issue sure. since that works out. Okay. But you know, we don't know until we do the campaign for the next one. So people who support the next Kickstarter, all that, all the money that gets earned goes directly back into the comic, uh, goes directly back to the people I'm collaborating with. And uh, on Ross the next Radke one, paying artists. Yeah. This first, this first one, we pretty much broke even. Uh, and the next one, if we have extra, it's going to go straight to, to paying the guys working on the third issue. Wow, that is so awesome. And You're that's, a class act. Yeah, man. absolutely. And well, and that's something that's that, you know, when you say up front, like, hey, I can't pay right now, but maybe if the book sells later, you hear about that, but it's usually like someone you've never fucking met, email, like, you know, sliding into your DMs saying, hey, I want to work on my book. And it's a very I, like, hey, that's not how this works, you know? So, but you're I've, going to a yeah. friend and a colleague in the industry that trusts you and knows you. You've worked together and you're like, that's that's different. That's a different story that we're talking about here. That's not the same story that we, you know, that you hear usually from that, whatever the, all that for exposure nightmare emails. Yeah, I've, I've been on the other end of that as an artist working with writers for small projects. Like I've, I've gotten paid for stuff that never got published and I'm just like, ouch, like that writer paid me and yeah. didn't get anything back from it. And I've also done things for free just because I wanted to have that experience of working with someone else and, um, you know, have something else for my portfolio. Well, I can't, and I, and I, again, I can't credit Andre enough for, for taking a chance because I kind of did, I had seen some of his artwork and I'm like, Hey, that might be a good fit. And I, I approached him and originally we had just talked about like, you know, comics and stuff that we like, but I was like, Hey, I'm have this idea, you know, like at that point it wasn't even a concrete thing and him coming on board made it, a thing it made it something that oh instead of working on you know 10 different projects that will never go anywhere this is the project that is going to have some momentum and um him him coming on board was like definitely instrumental to, to getting to where it is today and and him taking like the chance on me you know and, and understanding that the pay was you know big question mark and all mm -hmm. that um, but you both clearly have established portfolios. You're not going think, into this. It, you're not. You're not going into this without any idea of what you're doing. You have a plan, and that's something that yeah. I think most people who are, hey, I'm just gonna write a self-publish a comment. Like, there's you. You have to actually have some knowledge of the industry. You clearly have all of the pieces in place to have a successful book. And I think that that, that makes all the difference with when you're collaborating. And I, I um, you know, you're saying like, oh, he took a huge chance. And yeah, sure, maybe he did. But at the same time, he saw your portfolio and he was like, or he knew you and he was like, hey, yeah, this is worth working on. So that's, that goes, yeah, that, what goes around comes around kind of a thing. It's really tricky for, for writers to find collaborators if they don't have, you know, a budget up front. Because cause a lot of times they are kind of like the situation that you're saying where, right their portfolio is maybe a, a folder full of scripts, right? But I and think the fact that you're illustrating yeah. a book here too, you know, yeah. you're showing they, him, I, you're throwing in it, you're all in here. I you're, think that, you know, I think that helps that, that helps to kind of show like, here, here's what I've already done. You know, would you like to join me? You you're know, on the ground with him. Oh. You're there like in the thick of mm -hmm. it doing that too. So I think that that's, you know, and this, it, you, it's a great book. Yeah. I'm excited for and, more. And, and and I I'm so impressed with everything that you've talked about because I mean clearly you did your research into running a successful Kickstarter campaign. You have a good ability in collaborating with these artists. You had an, an idea and put it together in it. And your art is amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that We didn't you even have... talk about the coloring. Like the coloring is yeah, fantastic. It's really amazing. And so and... you're not just this pie it's not just pie in the sky. Oh, we're gonna make a comic book, and that's the end of my plan. You have all the pieces in play. You're like, okay, we have to actually give a shit about every yeah. step of this process, and that's not a lot of people are willing to do. That. It's a lot of work, and a lot of it is probably very boring. Uh, I imagine, like some of it is just like, oh, I got to do this now, and so. But at the end of the day, you have this awesome comic, and that's the fun part of like, I have a fucking comic. That's amazing. And you talked about getting ready for your next Kickstarter campaign. Where can people follow you online if they're not already following you to keep an eye out for your next Kickstarter? Main two places are going to be Instagram and Twitter. If you look Ross Radke or RT Radke, 
Um, the initials RT and R-A-D-K-E. That's where I post the most. Uh, I, I have a um, Ross Radke art page on Facebook, which is separate and distinct from my personal account. Um, so if people want to follow me on Facebook, it's Ross Radke art. And um, that one mostly is just mirrors what I post on Instagram, although sometimes I'll, I'll get on there and, and post stuff just for Facebook as well. And that's where we can uh, get updates about like the comic and anything you're putting yeah. out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I always update everywhere. Um, the plan for issue two is to launch the Kickstarter at the beginning of October. You know, I figured that's a good time to make a monster comic. So oh, right yeah. Time for Halloween, so. Nice. so if you check the show notes for this podcast episode, you'll be able to see all of Ross's links in there. So you can follow him if you're not already. And you definitely want to be following him by August 1st, so that way you can get one of these print copies. I'm actually planning on getting another copy or two to take to my local comic book store because I was so impressed by it. And when we we received our copies and started looking at it, I immediately messaged you, Ross, and I was like, we got to do an episode about this. We got to have you on the show yeah. just to talk about this because I thought it was such a monumental feat that you've accomplished here. And I was so impressed by your product. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to do this. You'll hear a lot of comic book artists and writers say this, like 90% of what we do is sitting alone in our office <laughs> or, or bedroom or living room or wherever, like having having some direct interaction with people who are, are you know, interacting with our work it, and, and getting that support and, and communication. Like to me, I'm I'm very much a social person uh, I, I like getting feedback good and bad like i love people giving me honest critiques as sure, well yeah yeah it's, it's cool to to be able to do that not something i get to do that often so awesome I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah well this was such a great episode and be sure to follow ross and i and i thought it would be good to do a bonus episode since we kind of skipped a week a couple yeah. of weeks back so now you get some extra content hey, for this week and we can support our good friend and book club member, Are Ross Are you not Radke. entertained? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and support an amazing, beautiful comic as well. And know. well, and John was saying he, you know, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to the people at Bedrock, and you know, like all this. Hey, go to your local comic shop, bring this comic, show it to them. Yeah. Show them the quality of this this comic, and you know, who knows, like. Maybe a publisher might be. Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. know how that works. I don't know how you give it like, you know, step three question marks, but maybe Ross Radke can tell us about that sometime. But you got to tune in next time. Book club members get the comic book. Yes. And definitely keep an eye out for October for the next Kickstarter. We will definitely be supporting that on the show. And I encourage you guys to do it as well. All right. So thanks again, Ross, for joining us today. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. Join us next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I'm John Salinas. I'm Danielle. I'm Ross Radke. And I'm Aubrey Lowe saying, someone give me a towel. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>